Welcome to the Lighting Your Way podcast. This season, our sixth, we're talking to my colleagues at Guardian Nurses about how they help our patients navigate a very complex and confusing healthcare maze. At the end of each episode, you'll hear their suggestion as to how you can become an advocate for yourself and your loved ones. Hospice is one of the most underappreciated and underutilized healthcare services. According to the National Hospice and Palliative Care Organization, over half of hospice patients are on service for two weeks or less. However, patients facing a terminal illness and their loved ones can receive care and support for six months or longer, depending on the course of the illness. It's making the decision to engage hospice that delays patients and families from benefiting from those services. In this episode, my colleague Tanya Niverson shares a story of courage and acceptance. Tanya Niverson, it is good to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here, Betty. That's great. You are uh, here uh, in Philadelphia visiting from Seattle, where you are our mobile, one of our mobile care coordinators out there. So Correct. Correct. Welcome, welcome to Philly. Yeah, one of the complex nurses. Right. So um, as we have talked about before, this season, we're highlighting the work of our nurses and and of the stories that they tell. And and as we share them at, either at headquarters or on phone calls, it's uh, particularly uh, close to me to talk about hospice stories. And the story that you shared was um, was really touched me. So I wanted to talk about that. So why don't you begin your story? Certainly. So Betty, I met a gentleman relatively young in his early 40s who had had a stroke and so mm -hmm. i had been able to interact with him and his fiance a couple of times i met them in the hospital and then i went out um to his follow-up appointments okay so he had had a stroke um very few uh, residual effects he had some left-sided weakness and he had some gait issues mm -hmm. uh, that had actually been improving over the course of our interactions. We had been to two follow-up appointments, had gotten him in to see a neurologist who said that basically he was improving and should be, should be fine. Okay. And so there was no real um, follow-up treatment to that. One evening, uh, he was he had an event, another event that felt like a stroke to his family. It had, had some left-sided weakness, facial drooping. He couldn't speak. And so they rushed to, they called 911 and he went to the hospital. I met with him and his family at the hospital the next day where they gave him a diagnosis of a brain tumor. Mm -hmm. It was a fairly large brain tumor and they wanted to go in and take it out. Family agreed. And so they went in and removed most of it. Mm -hmm. What I learned was that this was an aggressive tumor and they couldn't get it all. And so the family and I and some medical staff really spent some time talking about what the options are. Mm -hmm. First option was chemo and radiation. Yeah. And knowing the member, he said, absolutely not. He did not want any chemo. He did not want any radiation if he just wanted to go home. Wow. 
That's all he said. I want to go home. He was pretty young to be. Very young. Very young. He had no past medical history of any medical issues. He he was not on any medications. And the thought of trying to go through all of this was just not in his, he just didn't want to do it. And did the oncologist have that conversation to explain, you know, the course of, of what that treatment would look like? Because it is a often not a successful treatment to Absolutely. They had had that conversation. Um, They had even talked about prognosis, that it would probably come back. And that was his whole, that was his whole um, thought was that I don't really want to go through this. I want to go home. I want to be with my family. And I don't want any major intervention. Wow, how courageous of him. It was. Now, his family wasn't as courageous. His family did not want him to go home. His family really wanted him to go through treatment. And so there was a couple of tough conversations that they had with him. In the end, when he did go home, he agreed and the family agreed to talk to a palliative care or hospice nurse. So it's like the, you know, they call it the bridge program for a reason. Like that people can't really wrap wrap their head around hospice because they feel like it's waving a white flag. That's exactly it. It's it's throwing it, throwing in the towel. They're not ready for that. They weren't ready for that. And there was a lot of interaction with this family, which was very non-traditional. It was, the patient, his fiance of 10 years, his ex-wife and his ex-wife and the members, two children, oh, wow. adult children. Okay. And so they all had an opinion, which was fine, but, um, but he stuck to his guns. Well. You know, and that's, uh, I know uh, patients who have gone along with what their family wanted mm-hmm. because it's what their family wanted when inside they didn't really want that. Mm-hmm. So, and that really was my role, Betty, in saying, "Well, what does what does this guy want? Right. What does this member want?" And my role really was redirecting him back to, "What does he really want?" Okay. That's what I took on it at first, and okay. and of course, helping the family understand the diagnosis, helping them understand the treatment options, just making sure. So you know, when you go home and not get any treatment, that this tumor will continue to grow. He knew that, absolutely. He was very adamant, still is very adamant about no treatment. Okay. So it was a rough couple of weeks um, for him. But then he went home. Yeah. And I had the pleasure, honor, I really feel it's an honor to be a part of these members' lives and these serious events that they have in their life. And so I met with this entire group and the <laughs> hospice nurse. And I watched her. You know, as nurses, we watch, right? Yeah, yeah. Most of our assessment is really what we're looking at. Where, where can I make an impact? Where can I help these people? And I watched this family interact at the first, at the first hospice meeting. And this nurse was amazing. She sat back. She watched the family. Uh She talked a little bit about traditional, traditional care, non-traditional care, um, social work, you know, all of the things that can be offered as part of a hospice program. And this family did choose hospice. Okay. They chose hospice. 
and um, they didn't want any. Were they led by his, like, because the patient was saying he wanted it, they were kind of watching him and thinking, okay, if he wants it, I guess we're okay with it. Like, did they, was that the energy? It was the energy. It was the energy because the nurse specifically asked him these direct questions in a way that was really quite kind and soft and not, you know, just very, very supportive of the patient. Mm -hmm. And I really felt um, like they were getting it as she was talking about it. Where, where do you want to go? What do you want? How much, how much do you want us in here? You know, it was, they were, she was so willing to do whatever he wanted. Great. And it was really quite, um, quite wonderful to watch. Yeah, I think patients, I mean, at least I think the average, uh, the statistic that I've often read is that most patients engage hospice with just two weeks. The average admit, mm-hmm. the average mm-hmm. length of stay on a hospice mm-hmm. is two weeks, and mm-hmm. that's not enough. No. Because you're eligible for hospice, you know, six mm-hmm. months away from mm-hmm. any type of diagnosis. Like, if you're diagnosed with a life-limiting diagnosis, mm-hmm. You can engage hospice. You can. You can. And as we've discussed before, you can engage hospice at any time. Anyone can engage hospice. Yes, very important. It doesn't, yes. it doesn't have to be a referral to hospice. From a physician. Right. Correct. Right. And or a nurse practitioner. Really quite wonderful. Really quite wonderful. Right. And I think that, I, I don't know if that family would have made the referral, but you can, at least here in Pennsylvania, I think the same is true in Washington. So if you call up a hospice Maybe your neighbors use that hospice. Maybe it's a hospice affiliated with a church. You can make the referral, and that hospice nurse will come out and have a discussion. If there no, there's no, um, what's it, strong arm at all. It's much like a, a lovely conversation about what you want. It really was. The whole thing was it was very long. It took about two hours to really get to what his desires are. And then she moved to the family. What are your, What do you hope for? Okay. Which was, you know, of course there were tears and there was a lot of, you know, in, especially in the adult sons, I want him to not have this. Okay. So, so she really was able to assess where each one of those family members were in their grieving. Okay. Because that's really what she will do. She will help them through that. Uh, how long was it from the time of the initial, well, of the surgery mm-hmm. till the hospice meeting? It was about a week. It oh, wasn't gosh. long. Oh, it wasn't gosh. long at all. Oh, oh. They went home. They went home and, and, uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's not even enough time mm-hmm. to, okay, dad's got a tumor mm-hmm. and now I'm meeting with the hospice nurse. Right. Or dad had a stroke and oh, now had a stroke. Right. we're meeting with a, with a hospice nurse. So it wasn't long. It wasn't long. Um, but she she did. She assessed every one of those family members for where they were at and then offered them support. Um, they were able to bring out a um, emergency kit, which was just amazing. It was full of medications, um, anti-seizure, anti-nausea, I think two or three different painkillers. Okay. Um, and so, and, and, and anti-anxieties. Okay. And just a couple of pills of each of these. And so that, so that they could administer those if needed. Right. They were to call. Right. 
first. And, and as I know, they've called a couple times and said, we need, and they, and they direct them to which medication okay. they tell them what, what it's about. They've been super responsive to this family. And as most hospices are, I mean, I, regardless of whether it's a for-profit hospice mm -hmm. or a non-profit hospice, which one was this? It's a for-profit. For-profit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, sometimes patients wonder, like, well, what do you mean for-profit? It's a hospice, yeah. right? Like, right. it's a little bit, yeah. um, uh, what's the word, disconcerting mm -hmm. to have somebody call it a for-profit hospice. Mm -hmm. right? I believe it's affiliated with a for-profit hospital. Okay. Yeah. So, so was the nurse, that nurse was just the admission nurse or was just the, the one to talk to folks? It wasn't necessarily the one to follow she, up. Yeah, she was the admission nurse. Okay. However, she's also one of the on-call nurses and I know she's been out to the family at least once. Okay. So, you know, they come out, they'll assess, make sure, you know, everything is going as well as can be expected and then make sure that new orders get ordered. And uh, this hospice is not, it is a covered benefit. I want to make sure that everybody knows that. It is. It is. Not only is hospice covered with most insurances, but it's also covered by Medicaid and Medicare. And it's paid at 100%, right. which is really an impressive benefit, in my opinion. You know, we work we work out in the system right. that it, it's hard to get a referral. It's hard to get an appointment. It's not a lot. To... Not a lot is covered at a hundred percent. So I just, I just sit and marvel when I learned that he needed something and he had it within 24 hours, right. you know, a really good um, example of this is in order for this member to get his pension early, uh, get paid out from his pension early, which is what they decided to do as a family, the um, ex-wife was filling out the paperwork. And so I went in there to help her fill it out because mm -hmm. it was really confusing. And it was even confusing for me and I mm -hmm. had to make a call and okay. we had to get it, we had to deal with that. We got it done and I checked in with um, the ex-wife a couple of, like literally two days later and I said, were you able to get that fax over? She says, oh yeah, oh, I got it. Faxed, I got it back, <laughs> and I hand delivered it within 24 hours, and that had to go to a physician to do. Oh, okay. And I'm okay. thinking, in in yeah. my 35 <laughs> years of being a nurse, right? <laughs> hospice is where you can get that done. Yeah, yeah. right. They're responsive, as they should be, yep. as the whole Absolutely. healthcare system should be. But Absolutely. it's it's comforting to me to know that pretty much regardless of what hospice you select, mm -hmm. th these folks are mission driven and they, they, are. Are, they are really there for patients mm -hmm. and families because it, as you point out, family was a big part of this. It was, it was. And they had a lot of issues. They had a lot of difficult issues in the beginning because of the dynamics. Mm. Um, however, I, I was in the house just this last week and just had this really moment, this beautiful moment. We were interacting. I was talking with the member who's nonverbal now. Okay. Um, so there was a lot of shaking heads, up, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. And then I was, and I was interacting with his caregiver, who is his fiance. And then as we were talking, one of his sons came home. And then as we were talking, another one of his sons came mm -hmm. home. And then his ex-wife got there. And family friend got there. And for a moment, I just looked at this family. And, and what I learned was the sons told me, I'm at peace. I'm at peace with this. 
And I, I reminded both of them that they have after they can have, you know, they can have someone to talk to, to grieve through this now and after. And then they kept saying, no, it's good. I'm good. I'm at peace with this. And so I just kind of sat back and watched this family in the kitchen and they were getting a little choked up. They were interacting well. They were even laughing and member was <laughs> laughing. And it just, it was like, oh, they got to this beautiful place. And I know they did because of the hospice nurses. Right. So I, how, how long has been, has he been on hospice? It's been about a month. Okay. A little over a month, I wow. think. Right. So, so they've had time to, uh, I don't want to say reap the benefits, but it, to to understand the benefits, mm-hmm. right? To have the the call, yeah. People respond, doctors respond, mm-hmm. nurses show up, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. I I think that for me is what folks don't understand about hospice is that I don't want to say the sooner you sign up, but mm-hmm. the earlier you understand the benefits of it, it can be a life changing experience for your family as well as for you. It really can. It really can. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so having gone through this with them, which sounds like a wonderful um, kind of tribute to them and to their mm-hmm. understanding of it for their father and, and partner, what what do you think is the takeaway for you and for our listeners about hospice? Well, I think if we can help reduce the stigma of the word hospice. Families hear that, they get wide-eyed, and they think, oh, that's it. I'm throwing in the towel. This is the end. You know, I think it's get rid of that stigma and and, um, really understand that, you know, you can go off hospice. (laughs) You you know, I, I, I have a personal experience with an aunt who went on hospice, and the doctors may not have diagnosed her well. And she went off hospice and she lived for another three years and then went back on hospice. So it's not, it's not a life sentence. Right. There's not, shouldn't be any stigma attached to it that they are, that you are, you know, you're going to get the benefits that you really need when you need it. And hospice offers much more than, you know, DME. We didn't talk about that DME and fall mats and, you know, all of the supplies, they come from the hospice. All this family has to do is pick up the phone and say, I need this. And it's there. And that is something that you really can't get outside of hospice with any expediency. Right. Or consistency, right? right. Like it depends Mm -hmm. on on what your benefits are. Mm -hmm. It depends on, but this is across the board. Mm -hmm. You can get what you need. So if we can, if we are able to deliver that message to our members, to anybody, you know, who might be, you know, friends, what, whatever. If you can, if you can deliver that message, there's, there's no stigma attached to this. I agree. I, mm-hmm. I think the, I think it's been a, to your point about palliative care hospice. Mm-hmm. People think it's, you know, the, the death agent coming in with a mm-hmm. sickle and right checking their right. family member out. Yeah. So um, uh, I'm glad that I'm glad it was a positive experience for this family. Good. It has been. For you. It has and been. for you. Yeah, too. for me too. It's well. such an honor. It's such an honor to be included in that, you know, in those decision makings and helping them with whatever they need. Yeah. There's very little I could do now because yeah. the hospice nurses have come in. I'm just their support. Yeah. Well, you're the threat, right? Yeah. You were there at I the beginning see. and now you'll have yeah, the bridge at the end as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. They're good, good family. Thank you for sharing that story. It's my pleasure. Thank you. My um, pleasure. 
So, all right, well, we'll have a safe trip back. Thank you. Thank you. All right, talk to you later. Bye, Betty. If you have any questions that you would like us to address in a future episode, please email us at podcast at guardiannurses.com. That email again is podcast at guardiannurses.com. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for joining us this week. You can find the Lighting Your Way podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, YouTube, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you liked what you heard, tell a friend and leave us a review. You can learn all about Guardian Nurses Healthcare Advocates on our website, guardiannurses.com. So until next time, find some joy in your life, pet all the good doggies and kitties, and remember to tell your people that you love them. Take care.